Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. has been a very busy week of Pirates baseball. We got a couple more days to go before things are finally going to cool down for a little bit. This is the busiest time of year. Good morning and welcome to the podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. My name is Alex Stumpf. This this has been quite the week, hasn't it? I mean, we, we've been seeing some stuff beforehand. It's it's been going on basically since you know right before the draft and then the actual draft and then you know the signing of these draft picks but it, things have really just ramped up to eleven over the past seven days maybe a little beforehand when, when exactly did Bubba Chandler sign Let, let's just make it ten days I'm gonna make it a nice even round number ten days we have Bubba Chandler sign you have Lonnie White sign you have the Adam Frazier trade you have the Tyler Anderson trade. You have the other Tyler Anderson trade. That was that was quite the debacle right there. You have a Clay Holmes trade thrown in there just because why not? You have Braylon Bishop, a 14th rounder who didn't, you know, not a lot of people expected to sign. He ends up signing. So there's been <laughs> even more unexpected stuff with all that. This has been the busiest 10 days I can safely say, at least for me, on the Pirates beat, baseball in general, this has to be among the busiest week, week and change that we have seen in quite some time. I don't know if Major League Baseball really thought that through by putting the signing and the trade deadline so close to one another, and you can't really move the signing deadline up any more than it is right now, or back even. They got These kids have to tell these colleges if they're coming or not. So, it... it <laughs> It's crazy for a couple days. What happens after that? What happens starting August 2nd? Well, I could say August 2nd, Dayon is going to be the one who's out in Milwaukee. So I'm going to get a couple days. I'm going to get a breather there. I'm looking forward to that. But, <laughs> but literally, with this Pirates team, what happens starting August 2nd? Because the prospects that they're acquiring, you can be excited about that. The draft picks that they're signing, you can be excited about that. But here's the thing about this rebuild, or build as you know, Ben Sherrington refers to it. You can't speed it up. 
You can't hit fast forward on this. We are all subjected to the passage of time. And it's going to take a while. And these last 60 games of Pirates baseball coming up, 61, not particularly compelling in the major leagues. At least on a macro sense. We'll get individual stories. Like on Wednesday night, whenever Rodolfo Castro homered twice, five hits, five home runs, first player in the modern era, and I think we can safely say before that, to ever do that. That's great for a day. You know, we'll go back to June, whenever Max Kranich, you know, did something special in his big league debut. We're going to be looking for days like that. And yeah, I mean, I, I'll still have. Features, analysis, prospect coverage. I imagine a lot more prospect coverage in August. All that good stuff. To, you know, make it... To make the Pirates coverage as good as it can be. But in terms of actually finding reasons to turn into the game, tune into the game, it's... it's. I'm not going to blame people whenever they see, you know, 7 nothing against the Brewers in the seventh inning, and then they're like, you know what, I'm good, I'm going to tune out. Go tune out today. Because these there's going to be a lot of bad baseball being played. There's a lot of people on this roster, I've written about this, I've said it, they aren't going to be here whenever the Pirates are a competitive team again. I'll talk about someone who I think will be or really do think, will be in the second segment. But but just for now, we're doing State of the Union stuff. I think this is going to be as brutal a two-month stretch in terms of Major League product as we've seen in a while. Not all of it's the Pirates' fault. Because you look at a year like this, in years past, you're like, well, September. There's going to be September. Well... September call-ups aren't really a thing as much anymore. I mean, there still will be, but the rosters are only expanded to 28, unless the league and union come up with some, you know, midnight deal, which, you know, every every deal they do is basically a midnight deal, but I'd be shocked if they expand it to 40, even though they probably should. Give the full 40 at this point. But no, rosters are going to probably remain at 28. And whenever you look at the Pirates' case... Who do they really want to use for those 28 or those two extra guys? I mean, perfect world, you'd be like, yeah, O'Neill Cruz, <laughs> Contreras, let's go. Let's get you up in the major leagues. We're going to get you a taste. But Cruz hasn't started throwing yet. Contreras just started throwing. He's at 75-90. I imagine Contreras will pitch in the major leagues again, but or, or minor leagues this season. Major leagues is pretty doubtful at this point. Nobody just goes from Altoona to the major leagues anymore. You know, just you know, performs. Nobody does that. Come on. Rodolfo Castro, Adam Heiss, too. Those two guys. Come on. <laughs> but there's no Travis Swaggerty. There's really not much outside of these, you know, couple guys that they got in the Holmes and Frazier trade and, you know, that in Indianapolis that you could be like, yeah, let's see them in the major leagues. Let's give them a look. It's not a particularly inspiring bunch out there and half of the guys that have any major league future 
who are in Indianapolis to start the year are up in the majors right now because of injuries. Your hurry coming back would be a nice change of pace, even if it's just for a couple starts. That'll be nice to see him get his feet wet in the major leagues because I think 2022 he should be part of the opening day rotation. He just should have a spot. He probably should have had a spot this year. We're going to see a lot of growing pains. We're going to see a lot of of those giving players opportunities talks. And that's going to mean a player plays in the outfield that maybe they weren't supposed to. Maybe it's, you know, Kyle Keller is going to be used in a setup role. Maybe it's, you know, you go to Nick Mears whenever there's stuff. Stuff that, with just stuff in general, that in a normal year where you were really 100% trying to win every single game you can, you go for it, and not to say that the Pirates aren't trying to win these games, but you got to give you know these kids opportunities also. It's a tough mixture. And you know what? Throwing a Kyle Keller or a Nick Mears or, <laughs> or someone else like that in a setup role or in a high leverage role, it doesn't make for particularly compelling baseball to watch if you are a Pirate fan. There's nothing to say or do besides these next two months are going to test. We got a couple more crazy days. We still got the trade deadline. Got across that finish line. Got across the finish line with the signing. Owen Kellington still out there. And the Pirates coincidentally have $600,000 in signing bonus room still to go. So have to imagine that Owen Kellington is probably going to sign for about $600,000 if the deal does get done. That'll be all good. Minor League Baseball in August is going to be very compelling with these new kids and a couple players going to new levels, presumably. That's going to be good. Major League product, it is what it is for the time being. (laughs) The future is bright, but you can't avoid the present to get there. You have to go straight through it. There's no other way around it. Just hope that we're going to get a couple games like what Rodolfo Castro did on Tuesday night. Wednesday night. I've lost track of days. I've lost track of a lot of stuff. It's been a crazy couple days. So we're going to take a break before I keep on rambling. Whenever we come back... No, he didn't hit the two home runs yesterday, but I really like what David Bednar did. I am recording this Wednesday night. And the way things work with the trade deadline, hopefully, by the time you were listening to this, Richard Rodriguez is still a pirate. If he's not, then this segment probably is actually a little more applicable then. David Bennar came over to the Pirates as one of five players in the Joe Musgrove trade. And he was the only one of that group who was on the 40-man roster 
for the Padres. They needed a clear spot with Joe Musgrove coming on. Not saying that they just gave up on David Bednar. But, you know, a relief pitcher project. Padres are going for it right now. Sweeten the pot a little bit with the Pirates. It made sense for why the Padres moved on from David Bender. Coming into spring training, I don't think anybody thought really that David Bender was going to be, you know, a lock for the opening day lineup or opening day roster. He wasn't. He had to earn his spot. And you know what? He had as solid a spring training as anyone in that camp. He did really well. And he earned that roster spot. And you know what? He, he David Bednar is, <laughs> to borrow the, you know, he's from Mars, so he's got the Pittsburgh attitude. But it, it's really been a gradual buildup for him. And, you know, going back to what I said about players getting opportunities, you know, and making the most of them, here's a guy who came into spring training. Okay, you have a chance of making the open day ro- opening day roster. Okay, I'm going to keep going. He got that. Okay, you're in middle relief. All right. Now he's in a setup role. And I have a feeling by the time we do the next podcast, me and Jared, he's going to be the team's closer. I think he's going to be a good closer. I mean, look at Wednesday. Wednesday, it was it was a very low leverage situation. But it was the ninth inning. It's no coincidence that, you know, oh, David Bender is getting a little taste in the ninth and something like this. But the way he just attacked, the way he uses his stuff, the way that he has three pitches for a reliever, and all of them can challenge hitters and get whiffs and strikeouts, there's a lot to like about David Bednar, the closer. He's got a good attitude, <laughs> you know, off, off field. He's a very cordial, very happy young man. But you still see him locked in, focused in those big situations. He has maybe not the most traditional closer, you know, mentality because, you know, like I, like I said, he has a smile on his face usually until he puts on the rubber and not saying that he becomes this ultra-intense you know, bulldog, but you know, he's got, he's focused in, he's ready to go. He's kind of got that mentality that you need out of a closer. And I know that's a, goes a little bit in the face of me <laughs> with the analytics of, oh, anyone can pitch the ninth inning. And for the most part, most pitchers can pitch a ninth inning if they can do any sort of leverage roll. Like if you could throw the seventh consistently, you could probably pitch the ninth in a pinch or do pretty well there, if not the same. But I'm willing to buy that, you know, he's got that attitude. He's got the right approach. He's got the right stuff. I think David Bednar is the closer for this team in the future. And I know I threw Blake Cedarland into that group last year. But I'm really thinking back to watching David Bednar in spring training and watching him through this year and just... I think Blake Cedarland's going to be a really good relief pitcher in this league. He's got that big power sinker, but I just do not see him taking David Bednar's spot. I don't see him you know, usurping the throne. 
Bednar, I think, is going to be the closer of the future. And like I said, depending on what happens with Richard Rodriguez or what happened with Richard Rodriguez, depending on whenever you listen to this, he might be the closer starting Saturday. A rookie closer. And you know what? He, Chris Stratton, Chase and Shreve, all have kind of, even more so than Rodriguez, who's in a bit of a slump right now, they seem like the most automatic guys out of that bullpen. And you can't say out of the... Maybe if I'm putting so many you know, disclaimers around Rodriguez, maybe I should put one around Stratton and Shreve. There's still some... Still some time. We're not quite at the 4 p.m. mark on Friday. Or as every baseball reporter will put out at 4.01 p.m. Ah, Trey could still come through. It just might not have been reported yet. That's my favorite out of all the baseball cliches, I think. <laughs> Even more so than the, oh, the guy's in the best shape of his life. Or, you know, the guy's just letting it eat. Let it eat is good. That's a good one. But the the periodic 401 reminder of, hey, a trade could still happen, in case you forgot from the other 17 years. And I guess Twitter's not 17 yet. Other 10 years that you've been seeing this on the Twitter. Getting to the closer, Ben Nara in the Knights is going to be an adventure. I keep going back to Kyle Keller in a setup role. And I don't know how serious that is, but, you know... He was cited as one of those guys that the Pirates want to give more opportunities to pitch the eighth inning on on Wednesday. I, I I don't think he's going to be the setup man immediately, but I wouldn't be shocked if we see him get a couple looks in the eighth and leverage spots, seventh or eighth. Who knows what happens with a Stratton, with a Shreve, with just a lot of these guys. Getting to Bennart is going to be an adventure, I think, Bednar in the ninth is going to be as solid as we're going to see. Basically, any young reliever, any young closer. Pirates are pretty fortunate right now that they have someone like that in the fold. And it's not, you know, it's not like a Blake Cedarlind or anyone... Nick Mears or all these other young relievers that they have can't also be in the fold in 2022. They could even be setup man, late inning roles, leverage type deal. But I think Ben Nar, he's the centerpiece there. And I'm tempted. You always have to be careful with relievers. Because you never know with a reliever in this case. Is he is he a Matt Caps who's gonna go on to have, you know, go to an all-star game, have a long career in the league as a closer or is he like an Evan Meek type deal you always have to be careful of that I mean we just saw that with Kyle Crick Kyle Crick who after his rookie season looked like a setup man or closer of the future and then just lost it I don't see the same things with Crick or with Bennard that I did with Crick Bennard seems to have a much better feel for the zone feel for his stuff than Crick Crick just basically had that frisbee slider it felt like most of the times that if batters weren't chasing at it, well, that was it. You always have to be careful with the reliever, but I kind of look at this team and that next competitive Pirates team that I always reference. It's like, okay, that team will have Brian Reynolds in the outfield, probably center. 
it'll have key at third base. And you know what? I'm, I'm very close to penciling in David Bednar as the closer. You could do a whole lot worse, you know, at the very, very early stages of a rebuild than having your two, three hitters and your closer, you know, pretty much set up. Let them get some experience in those roles as those kids come up. Add David Bednar to tie my two segments together, pulling this out of thin air. David Bednar is going to be one of those types of guys you want to see over those last two months. One of those compelling storylines. There we go. This isn't totally improvised. This is well thought out fake radio here on the TK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. And if you haven't already subscribed to this fine network, do it. Wherever you find your favorite podcast podcasts on apple on spotify on stitcher wherever you can find your favorite podcast we're going to be on here be sure to tune in this weekend where jerry prugar and i we are going to be talking about all the new prospects that the pirates acquired it's going to be it's going to be a long one folks it's going to be a long one thank you so much for listening we'll talk again next week Mm -hmm.